Welcome to the Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we are going to be jumping into Adventure 7, The Hunter's Cry. It is a, a really, a really controversial adventure. Uh, we're going to be talking about what to do, what to expect, how to get through it, uh, some of the information that we got from it, some of the lore that we can expect in the future, and some of the thoughts and feelings about how it could have been implemented maybe a little bit better. So lots to cover, so let's get into it. But before we get into any of that, I have to thank the patrons because they are the ones that are supporting this episode and making sure that this content is taken care of, that you guys are getting to listen to it and just overall thanking me for the the work that I'm putting into this. So I wanted to thank People's Republic, El Cute Balls, Bam Bam Bagel, Captain Hasco, Chateau Neuf, Zombie Killer, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Fergatron, Trickster, Jabaro 5, Carl Embo, Kazia the Rogue, Lumpy SRQ, Alcarian Darth, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Xbox My 29, Murphy Lives, NX Gamer, Raja the Brave, Regis Stella, Rust Belt Kid, Norwegian, Skinny Matt, Scum Melt 666, Sudesh, Tarnished Film, That Kilted Guy, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Bad, Mina Fairy, Super Pack, Music Me, The Lore Chronologist, Dead Eye Dre, Ghost Boy 20, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Ruski Doo, Straw Hat Connor, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris, and Zam. Wow, thank you all so much for your support. It helps me take care of the increased cost to Adobe Cloud uh, apps that I just found out about. It also helps take care of the hosting that I'm doing. Uh, it has paid for the equipment that I need, and I appreciate all of the effort that you guys are putting in to help make this easier for me to do. Also, I wanted to talk about the fact that this episode is going to be very spoiler heavy. I'm going to be covering the adventure. I'm going to be talking about the stuff that happens in it. And I'm going to be talking about um, the rewards that you get as well as my feelings on it a lot. So if you haven't done the adventure and you don't want to be spoiled, I 100% uh, respect your desire to do that. What I would recommend is putting this podcast on hold till you have an opportunity to jump into the adventure yourself, especially if you don't want to be spoiled. If you haven't seen anything on it and you don't want to uh, uh, miss out on that this consider this your spoiler warning for this episode i will be talking about everything in full so hold off put it on pause come back afterwards and we'll we'll kind of see if your feelings and my feelings match up because i'd love to hear if you agree with me on this or you think i'm being too harsh or too kind uh in different areas when it comes to the episode so let's get into it so if you don't know, the latest adventure is out now. It is a time-limited adventure for the next couple of weeks, and it's called The Hunter's Cry. It's going to be available from August 18th through September 1st, and we are going to be venturing into the Sea of the Damned. Uh, I put up a cinematic trailer breakdown of this back on Monday on my YouTube channel, if you want to check out that and see what I was wrong about. Turns out I was actually wrong about a few things, and uh, I kind of expected there to be something a little bit different, something that I thought personally would have been 
pretty cool, but I guess they decided not to go that route. So I wanted to talk about Hunter's Cry um, and give a little background behind it. So with Merrick's soul being held hostage by the Dark Brethren in the Sea of the Damned, it's up to us uh, with aid of the Pirate Lord and the Veil of Ancients to return to the Sea of the Damned to confront the forces of the Dark Brethren and rescue Merrick from the twisted version of the Dark uh, Dark Sea Dog or no, well, Twist Sea Dog Tavern. We'll just go with that. Um, the way you kind of kick this off and the way it kind of works out is, is you need to go talk to Lorena. Doesn't matter what tavern. She'll send you down to the dock and you'll speak to the pirate lord. He'll tell you to get a whole bunch of supplies. That's Balarky. You don't have to worry about supplies. He'll open up the portal to the Sea of the Damned. And this will be the first time, interestingly enough, that he will be opening the portal using the spire rocks that are at every uh, tavern that were introduced with the pirate's life. Um, he's going to be using those which is kind of, I didn't really see this coming. I thought this was kind of odd. Now that I think about it, it seems odd that we would be opening the portal this way, the way that Calypso, the castaway, opened them for a pirate's life. Uh, supposedly, the veil has been an ancient relic, something that was used a long time ago. And I'm curious how they opened up portals to the Sea of the Damned uh, back when they were trying to use this type of... of, of um, artifact um because these rocks were not in sea of thieves for the for all all the, the whole time you know we haven't had these for a very long time they just recently came in when uh calypso came in so i don't know that it, it, maybe it's just that the pirate lord is using that means to open up the portal because uh that is the the most he's kind of understood how to use it you think he'd just want to go down to the you know down to the beach and talk to uh the the castaway and be like hey uh i'm a ghost and you're a god so how do i use this uh where's this where's the manual um and maybe she just told him it's really simple you just have to tap three little gems on the front spin it around on the little mask and uh the portal opens up it's it's super easy i i usually just spit in a jar and then make some stuff up but you can do that and it's just as effective uh so if you don't know the Veil of Ancients that the Pirate Legends have been out there rescuing the gems for um, has been returned to uh, the Pirate Lord. He has then decided that it would be uh, good to essentially flex seal it to his staff or not his staff his walking stick. Um, so now he's tied a very powerful relic uh, with rope to his staff walking stick walking around like a really well done up uh, pimp at this point so he uh he tells you you know you kind of have to go down to the to the sea of the damned to rescue merrick uh when you get into the sea of the damned you'll be introduced into a small area that is uh not not too big it's about the the main area of the sea dog tavern and each of the different little rocks that have some of the smaller docks on them that are normally reserved for the different crews of the uh, Sea Dog Tavern um, arena crews. Uh, back when they, you know, you had different ship types and stuff. Each little dock had their own little representation. So, like the the um, the Good Boy and the Lucky Rover, each of those had their own little dock, and it was it's actually really cool. Um, those have now been twisted into light lighthouse uh, beacons, which, for all intents purposes. It really is kind of funny that it's like it's it's the the reason why you sit there and wonder like the Death Star has an exhaust port that is only three meters wide that a, that fits a, a torpedo like they couldn't have made two exhaust ports that were half the size so you know little torpedoes couldn't get down in there uh, but it's it's obviously 
the Sea Dog Tavern. They've got um, Merrick held up in in the top of the castle. And as you are Super Mario, you need to get to the top of the castle to rescue Princess Merrick. Uh, so with the lighthouses, um, there's they're going to be guarded, obviously. But before you even get to that, you need to go and destroy some of the ghost ships. And this is part of the deeds as well, too. You need to take out at least three ghost ships. Uh, they're going to be circling around the Sea Dog Tavern. Uh, they're galleons, and you just take them out. One of the interesting things that I noticed about them was uh, there seems to be at least one flagship ship or one flagship, I guess would just be the way that you say it, that has sails uh, that if I recall correctly, and I'd have to maybe go back and scrub through the, the video that I was recording of this uh, when I was doing it the first time to see like what the emblem was because the emblem on the front of the sails looks like it is two masked strangers. Um, which I think is kind of interesting because uh, I can understand one mass stranger as the warsmith. The warsmith has never really had iconography uh, until she got the mask and we started getting some of these uh, like multiple people with masks, uh, which I'm still calling the Maidens of Sorrow. I'm sure that would be called something else, but uh, maybe Twisted Sisters. Who knows? Uh, but uh, the the uh, the Sisters of, of uh, Sorrow... Um, I know I wanted to call them Sisters of Mercy for some reason. I don't even know why. Maybe it's Twisted Sister. Who knows? Anyway, I'm calling them the Sisters of Sorrow or uh, Maidens of Sorrow. Maidens of Sorrow. That's what it was. Uh, they are on the sails, which I think is interesting because Duke is part of the Dark Brethren. So I'm assuming that the crews that we're fighting are loyal to the Warsmith and not to Duke. And Duke doesn't actually have any kind of um, persuasion or, or control over what happens with these phantoms. So that was kind of an interesting thing that I, I kind of thought about as I was going through this is that it seems like Duke's just kind of a part of this because he's aligned with the Dark Brethren. And it really is kind of the Warsmith and the other sisters or uh, Maidens of Sorrow uh, to kind of uh, execute on whatever plan it is because it doesn't really feel like Duke really knows what the plan is. Uh, he's he's obviously kind of along for the ride, but it doesn't seem like he really has a... Um, really uh, a horse in the race uh, to, to kind of use a phrase there uh so once you defeat the three ghosts um or the the three ghost ships you'll need to head to the different lighthouses and there's three different lighthouses around the sea dog tavern spire uh each of them will have a doorway that will be blocked off and you have to light beacons using the flame of fate uh that you can find at a at a beacon um one of the little braziers down on the docks you use the lantern to uh, get the flame of fate, and then you go and light the two uh, braziers that are in front of the staircase that's in front of the lighthouse. Once those two are lit, uh, there's a green barrier that will uh, dissipate, and then you can scale the top of the lighthouse to light the lighthouse uh, beacon, and then use that lighthouse uh, beacon to be able to light some of the braziers that are over on the Sea Dog Tavern. Uh, this is important because when you get to the Sea Dog Tavern, you'll need to be able to scale it and you can get up most of the way until you get to the part where there is the parkour uh, pathway that's the best way I can and describe it it's the little path that you have to traverse to go uh, out and around the north side of the actual spire and then eventually up to the very top of Sea Dog's Tavern in the real Sea Dog's, sea Dog's Tavern there's just a ladder that you can climb to get up to the very top where there's a little office is where you can see like the pictures of uh, DeMarco and Lissetti with the daggers in them that is obviously Amaranta's uh, office and then of course at the very very tippy tippy top there's the uh, the little spot where they have all the horns to 
sound um the the beginning of of each arena event back when arena was a thing uh so as you finish clearing out each of the different lighthouses and lighting the beacons and then using the beacons to illuminate the braziers that then reveal the pathway you then have to get to the actual sea dog tavern and the sea dog tavern is going to be flooded with uh ghostly phantoms that are loyal to the dark brethren or at least the maidens of sorrow um so once you've kind of done as much as you can to dispatch the phantoms that are there they are never ending so you just have to keep moving through uh or past them uh you'll find out that there are a lot of braziers on Sea Dog Tavern that wind your way up to the top where you get to that uh, parkour pathway. Each of those needs to be lit because at the very entrance to the uh, pathway, there's a capstan. Capstan's new. It's not something that's in the regular Sea Dog Tavern as this is the twisted version of it uh, or the, the uh, what did I call it? The bizarro version of the Sea Dog Tavern. And as you're kind of lighting up the different braziers, uh, eventually when you get all of them, the capstan will become available. The green barrier surrounding it will dissipate and you can open up the, uh, the pathway to get to the actual, you have to lower the bridge essentially to start off uh, the parkour part of it. When you eventually get to the uh, parkour part, you'll have to have people in the uh, lighthouses to be able to move the light to illuminate or to illuminate different beacons to uh, get different parts of that pathway um uh, kind of uh, uh, realize i don't know kind of appear uh they're not there, but when you light the brazier, it, it makes them appear. I, I don't I can't think of a really good way to really explain that uh so people will move along and eventually get to the very top where they'll uh, pull up a uh, capstan that will then lower a bridge that will allow other people who kind of like stabilize the path if you will to be able to go all get up there um and it's really interesting because once you get up there you'll find uh amaranta uh the warsmith and duke the dark lord uh, standing up on the top of of the precipice of of the Sea Dog Tavern with Merrick, his uh, his ghost, uh, kneeling down on the ground, and you rescue him, and the pirate lord kind of appears in the sea of thing. It's it's funny because it's always that thing where it's like if you go and you watch a kids movie. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good kids movie. Um, well, maybe like Lord of the Rings. We'll, we'll take Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, Gandalf shows up in the Hobbit, uh, or at, at the, um, I can't think of what the little Hobbit area is, but the, the he, he ends up at, at, at the little area where the Hobbits all live and he meets up with his old buddy and his old buddy's, uh, about ready to go, but then he, uh, passes on the ring to Frodo and Frodo gets the ring and he realizes he now has to be sent on this big journey to go destroy the ring in the middle, you know, throw it into the, cast it into the fires of Mordor. And at the very end, when everything's all said and done, Gandalf shows up again with a bunch of eagles to rescue everyone. And you're like, mm, this great, powerful wizard just kind of like he, he kind of set me off on this really, really hard journey and then shows up at the end with no with with very little uh, uh, trouble to rescue me. And that's kind of what this feels like. It feels like you uh, are set forth on this adventure by the pirate Lord. And then when you get to the very, very end of it, and you're just about to confront the bad guys, uh, the pirate Lord shows up again, seemingly out of nowhere. And is like, it's time you are going to deal with your crimes. And they're like, not today. And they open up the portal using the, the, uh, the, <laughs> the gold hoarders skull on a stick, the metal detector. Uh, they open up a portal and they disappear 
disappear to a different part of the the sea of the damned um with uh with with uh, all in tow except for merrick and you rescue merrick and then there's a, a lovely uh little message between uh the 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 um what's it called between the pirate lord and merrick and then he's uh, kind of talking to him and he's like, hey, you know, I've I've still got this information. They're still going to hunt me. And at this point, um, I don't know that I can go back to the Sea of Thieves uh, the way I was. Otherwise, it'll put myself as well as my family in danger. I've got family to think about, which is the first time. I think I've ever heard him talk about how he's worried about his family. It always seems to be him worried about, uh, you know, killing a Megalodon or getting his ship back or, you know, something going on with the with the Reaper's bones. But I've never heard him care at all about his family until now. And I'm just like, okay, dude. All right. I get it. You don't want to be out and about collecting fish for the rest of your life whatever you can you can do what you want so he excuses himself from returning back to the living and decides that he's going to be hanging out with the pirate lord and the pirate lord is like cool i'll let you chill at my place until you know further notice until you find your own joint uh but then you're gonna have to get off my couch and unfortunately when you actually uh go to the pirate legend tavern th- th- he's not there and I don't know if there's like a if there's like a waiting time where he's waiting to catch like a, a spectral bus or something. But uh, I was very disappointed to find out that Merrick is not actually in the Pirate Legend Tavern after the Pirate Lord said, I have to go uh, say hi or meet up with um, an old friend. And it's like, OK, but where's Merrick? Where did he go? He's not coming back. And the only safe place is going to be at the Pirate Legend Tavern. You said he was going to be at the Pirate Legend Tavern. So where is he? Uh, so, and, and I, and I do want to say now too, actually, when I went down there, I was wandering around and I got a tip from, uh, from, let me see if I can pull up my, my, uh, messages real quick. Cause I want to make sure that I give them credit. Uh, so Jerkwater Joe on Twitter messaged me and DM'd me about, um, some interesting noises over at the wardrobe in the mirror and the pirate Lord's, uh, hideout as well as over by the, um, the the uh spectral uh band yeah the band i guess it'd be band the people playing instruments um and i went over there and i noticed that uh because i noticed this a, a while back i was trying to figure out um like what it was pertaining to and it, when i found out that it actually pertains to the mystery it's it's something tied to the mystery that i'll, I'll talk about later on in this episode but uh because of that um I was wondering like what was activating, like when I would hear these little trigger trap door things. Uh, so as I was kind of wandering around, I noticed that there is a big portion of uh, the Pirate Legend Tavern that used to be accessible. You used to be able to swim back behind the the actual Athena's Fortune ship. Uh, you can't now. There's a, a weird barrier, that, like an invisible barrier there. So if I had to guess, I would, I would suspect that um, in the coming future, uh, we will probably have something getting changed in the pirate legend tavern i imagine it's it'll probably be tied to uh the the captaincy update that we have right now and possibly even like leaving our ship or having more customizations down there um i'm kind of hoping that they do something with it i hope it isn't just a weird thing where they're like oh you know we'll we'll just put some barriers because people are doing stupid stuff but uh that whole area seems to have been like changed and there's and it definitely feels like they're getting they're getting to the point where they're going to try and have that moment that they always talked about where you get to have the ship uh sail out from underneath the pirate legend tavern you go through a portal and it takes you somewhere else out into the world uh which has always been a you know a big kind of like goonies dream right we've always wanted wanted something like that in cds so i'm kind of curious to see 
where that goes, how that works, why they decided to kind of cordon this area off. Because it doesn't really make sense otherwise. I don't know why you would put invisible walls in the in the the water area uh, where you used to be able to swim around if you wanted to, but um, it's it's a lot less accessible than it is now. So I, I imagine they're probably working on something with that, which will be cool to kind of see uh, whatever it turns into. And um, where was I going with that? Okay, so yeah, uh, after after you kind of work your way to the top of the tower, you rescue Merrick, everything like that. By the way, there's tons of piles of gold in Amaranth's office. So if you go do it and you've done it a couple of times, make sure you head down and get like all the gold because there's like 15 piles of gold down in the back of the uh, the the uh, office area next to the the actual table that Amaranth used to use for her, you know, for dealing with people, I guess. I don't know. But it's it, there's a lot of gold piles in there. And there's also gold piles at the base of the uh, lanterns as well, too. Uh, one nice thing that I found out about the adventure was is that all of the beacons and stuff that need to be lit, all of that is crew-based. So it doesn't matter which crew does it in the uh, number of crews that can actually enter into this arena or, or this adventure. I say arena. It's going to be an arena. That's what people are using it for. Uh, that... You can actually get some free gold, but uh, after that, it's it's one of those things where um, uh, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, uh, Merrick tells you that he has one last favor to ask, and that's you need to go and talk to Lorena to get a letter to Sarek, his wife, over at the North Star Sea Post. Um, and you go and you deliver the letter, and Merrick basically says his goodbyes. He says, you know, I've lost a lot of things to the Sea of Thieves, but one thing I never lost was my heart, and that's because it belongs to you. Uh, which is very touching. And they did a great job of uh, having Merrick's voice um, kind of go over the actual letter so that as Sarek is reading, it's reading in his his voice and you get to hear it. Um, and it's very touching at the very end. I, I really thought that that was really a beautiful moment. I just didn't think it really meant a whole lot to me because I've still been kind of like in the mindset of like Merrick still feels like a very like very much a, uh, a a very disconnected member to his family. Like his family members are all spread out across the seas. Uh, he never really talks about them. They never really talk about him. Uh, Sarek has always been more interested in, in, in talking about the business. If you ever talk to her, she's always talking about how hard it is to run a business. Um, so I, I never really felt that that connected to his family. I actually, I fell more in love with uh, George and Rose as a couple uh, because of their story than I did with Merrick and Sarek. Uh, but it is kind of one of those, they've been together so long that they're in it through thick and thin regardless. Um, and this is kind of like the renewing of their nuptials, uh, even though it's clearly the the him saying he's going to be gone, um, which is very interesting because if you think about it, I don't know if it's something that's just for pirates. Like, I'm, I'm very curious who's allowed to become uh, a pirate legend if people are going to be like Lorena has turned it down. So clearly NPCs can become pirate legends. So I can't imagine that there are too many NPCs out in the world that if they wanted to could actually become pirate legends, um, obviously getting a good reputation in with the rest of the trading companies. And uh, the, the hunter's call seems like the ones that never wanted to operate on the actual outposts, which is why they are all out on the sea posts, uh, which has always been very curious because if Merrick is to be down in the Pirate Legend Tavern, 
it seems very odd that uh, there would never be an opportunity for Sarah to go visit him. It's not like when you die, you're gone forever. If you are a ghost and, and you're welcome in the Pirate Legend Tavern, which funny enough, Hunter's Call uh, leader is, is going to be taken down into the Pirate Legend Tavern. It seems like there's an exception to the rule here in the sense that he just has a lot of information that's more valuable than his Pirate Legend status. Um, or maybe he was made an honor honorary Pirate Legend we have no clue what the rules are, but Ramsey seems like he can kind of make stuff up as he goes along. Uh, but essentially, um, with this, it seems like there is an opportunity where Sarah could still go visit him if that's where he actually ends up based on what, uh, based on what the pirate Lord said at the end of the adventure. So really kind of curious just how this is all going to work out if he does end up down there i really hope he's hanging out next to blind bob because i think him and blind bob would would get along very well uh <laughs> it just seems like blind bob needs someone to kind of tell his jokes to and i think merrick would get a kick out of those jokes i think that's like right up merrick's alley being a dad uh so it'd be very curious to to kind of see how this all pans out but um as far as lore goes uh there, there's still a very big question in my mind that I can kind of explain away that pertains to the motivations for the Dark Brethren court. Um, clearly, they have the Gold Hoarder skull and that is being used currently as a means of teleporting from different areas. Uh, but you can still fight the Gold Hoarder. Like you can still go and fight the Gold Hoarder. So I don't know if the tall tale for the Gold Hoarder is considered locked in time or not, uh, because the the pirate lord at the end of that tall tale at Shores of Gold says that the pirate or, or that uh, the gold hoarder will be back, and it seems very odd to me that they would have the gold hoarder come back, uh, and he comes back in a different form with the pirates life tall tales uh where he is more coral based and it looks like he's been kind of brought back um with the help of the sirens and then after that he's uh used again uh it says you know they retrieved his skull from the actual siren uh kind of uh, castle temple whatever it is the spire and they're now using it as a means for him or for amaranta uh, wanda and duke to be able to transport so how does that work with the lore of him being able to come back because of how powerful he is uh, with just the greed of gold? You know, the gold hoarders continuously turning gold to him. Um, so very curious how that kind of works out now that I think about it. And uh, I, I kind of feel like I lost my, my train of thought. I lost a little bit of where I was going with this. But as far as the lore goes, it's interesting. Oh, I remember I was going off of the motives. Actually, I'm going to take a quick break. I've been talking about it. Ahoy there, pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any 
72 VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer, you'd like to save money on games. It's one of the benefit of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time. And if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means the world to me and I continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you. With that, Pirates, let's get back to the show. So I think the motives for the Dark Brethren Court are still kind of mired in mystery. Uh, we know that the captain is intending to get there. We know that uh, Davy Jones was attempting to get the little uh, artifact or trinket that Jack Sparrow had that we a lot of us feel like maybe Tinkerbell was in there. It's hard to know for sure, but um, that's kind of the working theory right now uh, that allows us to travel wherever we want. And this one obviously lets you um, open up a big portal to a, a different area or a location that you want to go to. And uh, I, I feel like the Veil Stones or the Ancients, uh, Veil of Ancients is something that would allow them to do that on a bigger, grander scale as opposed to just the small little bit of uh, travel that they seems like they can do with the gold hoarder skull. Um, but e even then, like the gold hoarder skull has two veil stones, whereas the veil of ancients only has three. So it's obviously enough to be able to transport multiple people to and from places. Uh, but it's, I guess it's not quite powerful enough to open up an entire portal into the Sea of Thieves. So uh, we're still trying to figure out if that's kind of the MO right now, they're looking for a way to get the captain back into the Sea of Thieves, or if they're looking to take um, troops from the uh, from the Sea of the Damned, oh, from the Sea of the Damned uh, to the actual like Sea of Thieves, and that's how they plan on conquering Sea of Thieves. But that didn't seem to work out for Flameheart. Uh, but Flameheart is still very much a a big presence with Sea of Thieves, so. Maybe it's something to do with the relics that were being used at Golden Sands Outpost that were uh, turning the Golden Sands Outpost into something that was um, kind of in between realms, something like uh, the Fort of the Damned, where it used to be Old Boot Fort. Uh, so there's still really kind of a lot of question about what's going on with the motivations and the desires uh, from all parties at this point. It seems like um, there's mysteries that we should know that we don't really know uh, about this, and I'm, I'm very curious when we're going to find that out because it feels like right now that with this um, we're going to be uh, flipping back over to the the as or the the flame heart aspect of this and if that's the case then we're going to be taking a break from the dark brother in court and kind of rounding out the rest of the story uh, from the flame heart aspect and, and I think we'll get into that maybe in the future when we talk about the next upcoming adventure and what it's called because we did kind of find out uh, what this one is. Um, I feel like I said that this was, did I say that this was the sixth or the seventh? I feel like I said this was the seventh one. I think that's actually the sixth because it's the climax to the second arc, right? Yeah. Okay. If I said it uh, in the past, then hopefully you guys will forgive me. Um, it is, it, I'm pretty sure it's the sixth at this point. Uh, so as we kind of move along, um, there's been a lot of negative reception for the adventure. Uh, I think a lot of folks have been very disappointed with it. 
I think they feel like the content is light and the lore is light um, and they're not quite really happy with how this ended. And I can see where they're coming from because essentially what Rare has created here, um, not, not necessarily intentionally, was a arena. Uh, it's a 30 minute event. Um, you're trapped in an instanced version of the game. There's a small amount of area to be able to travel. It's respawns or instant ships respawn if they're sunk. And there's not really an objective um, outside of completing the event. And you can only complete the event if everyone's kind of working together. And I kind of spoke about this on Twitter. Um, so I figured I'd read that because I figured not everyone's going to be on Twitter. And I wanted to kind of share what my initial thoughts about this uh, were um, as we kind of, as I kind of gotten done with my first attempt because the first attempt that I had with it I recorded it all and I had a pretty good experience um, there wasn't really anyone messing with each other no one was trying to kill each other uh, we were all trying to work towards the end goal so this is what I said on Twitter. Uh, the latest Sea of Thieves adventure is beautiful in its storytelling and creative. I want to say that the per that in a perfect situation, it's quite the experience. Unfortunately, not everyone is there to contribute to the perfect experience. And I think that's on us as a community to be kind. I also recognize that PvP is part of the game and as well, and we can do that at any time. So I would ask that for 30 minutes while doing the voyage, we think about the purpose of the adventure and work to quote unquote play our role in the story. Um, since then, I've had an opportunity to play through the event a couple of times. Uh, the first attempt after this tweet came out. I was playing uh, Duo Sloop with Davram from uh, Pirate Talk Radio, and we were uh, attacked by a crew, a duo crew, who were trying to TDM. Uh, they didn't want to sink our ship, and they didn't want to, um, they just wanted to kill. That's all they wanted to do. And it was very frustrating because we had two brigs with us in the rest of the event, and they weren't being bothered. We were just being bothered. And I was trying to give Davram the opportunity to experience the adventure on his own own to work it out on his own to find out like how you actually had to work through this adventure because it's a very important thing for him to be able to see how uh streamlined or how guided the adventure is um as you're kind of playing through it and while he was working on that i was having to deal with two uh two tdmers who were looking to board my ship and try and kill me and eventually it got to the point where um I can't remember what it was, but they managed to get a board, a silent board. They both came over. I killed one of them and the other one got me. They anchored me and then uh, they started to TDM me and eventually got to the point where I had to call Davram back um, to to help kind of clear out my ship. Uh, and we ended up sinking. And I was really annoyed by that because um, we had actually gathered a bunch of supplies much to the point where we were planning on doing the adventure and then going out and doing the rest of the stuff. So we figured it wasn't a big deal to get supplies beforehand as long as everyone was working out. And I had a really negative experience. It was a very frustrating experience and I was really annoyed that uh, I couldn't just let him experience the adventure. He was constantly having to deal with the phantoms and the beacons, and then they started to try and kill us. And then I had to deal with um, two boarders constantly coming at me and they were instant respawning. So it was like, it didn't matter. Like they killed me and I had barely any time to uh, get away from them so that I could actually do that. And in a small arena, 
there's only so much that you can really run around because not only are you dealing with the crew that's trying to kill you, you're also dealing with the ship galleons that are firing on you. They never end. So I'm constantly sailing around. I'm getting hit by ghost ships. I'm trying to deal with that. Uh, I get boarded. Silent boarding, as much as it said that it was gone in the patch notes, is still very much an issue. Uh, you can still get silent boarded because I didn't hear the second person come up. And I ended up uh, almost losing the ship. And it was at the point where Davram came back. We were halfway. We, we had already sailed into the event. We came in there late. And uh, we didn't even get to get the really start of it, honestly. Um, and he came back. We killed the boarders and decided we were just going to cancel the mission. We were just going to cancel the mission, call call it off, and then come back and and restart it to see like if we could um, get into a better uh, a better instance, uh, one that was fresh. So we canceled it. Our ship immediately teleported us out. Uh, as we were in the go-between between the Sea of Thieves and the Sea of the Damned, uh, we were able to patch up the last hole, but no other water was pouring in, um, and we were able to save our ship. Uh, but when we came out, it, it was a realization that it was a very frustrating and annoying situation that we had to deal with. We didn't get to enjoy the adventure. We didn't get to have fun, which was the entire point of going into the adventure, to experience the adventure, to have a moment to enjoy it. And it was instanced. And that was the thing that I think Rare wanted to try and do to try and prevent situations like the Shrouded Deep where people were in, were trying to do the Shrouded Deep, but other crews were present in the server and had free ability to come in and attack you. So while you're trying to work so hard on getting all of the different Megalodon colors with all the little shark plushies over to uh, Merrick's table to be able to do that, and you start it up and you start killing the Shrouded Ghost and you start getting all the ships coming in from the uh, Sea of the Damned and they start attacking you. And then a couple of crews come in and they just start wreaking havoc they just start killing you and sinking it and before you know it you've lost out on all of the progress for the adventure and you've completely lost all of the the enjoyment of the the last adventure um that took so long to work towards especially if it was in the later half of the the two weeks where not many people were working on them and this was very much another situation like that it was great if everyone was on board but it, there was nothing in the game that told you you had to be on board. You were forced to be on board. You could listen to the pirate lord say that you have to work together, but there was nothing forcing you to do that. You could do whatever you wanted, and there was nothing preventing you from being able to do that either. So it was really annoying, and we left that. We ended up uh, queuing back up into the adventure, and when we got to the adventure, we were the first ship there. Uh, the second ship that appeared ended up being a solo slooper who wanted a TDM. Uh, he sailed right over to the Sea Dog Tavern, he dropped anchor, and then he immediately started coming over towards our ship. We uh, proceeded to prevent him from boarding our ship, and he kept saying like he just wanted to come over, and we're like, you don't have to be on our ship to work with us, you can go do and do your, do your own thing, and he kept wanting to come over. And then eventually, when he realized he wasn't going to have a place to go TDM, he left the adventure. He didn't have to come over to our ship. There's three lighthouses. He could have very easily worked on the adventure on his own over on his own lighthouse uh, without ever having to touch our ship. Um, and because of that, he left. And the crews that we got in afterwards, we ended up getting a couple more uh, sloops into that ad adventure. Uh, we ended up having a very good crew. There was multiple crews that were working together. We were not killing each other. We were uh, very, very kind of 
trepidatious about each of the crews like we were like uh davram was working on stuff while i stayed on the ship just to kind of keep an eye on what was going on uh we put up our alliance flag and a couple of people joined our alliance um which was a little a little nicer felt a little bit safer obviously you still you can still betray people within the alliance uh but we still managed to actually get the adventure done i felt comfortable enough after a while that i could go up into the light towers to be able to move the beacon uh light so that we could uh, illuminate the pathway around the sea dog tavern spire to be able to get up to the very top we all got up there at the at the end there and then everyone waited and then we watched through the actual end of the adventure and it was a great experience it was a very beautiful experience it was a lot of fun but there was nothing stopping anyone except for community members telling other community members this is not the place you want it to be the place but this is not the place and some people are going to listen and some people are not and that's where the failing comes in, I think, on the design aspect of this. Um, from what people have said, uh, this is something that was known in the Insiders, which is, to me, a breaking of the NDA, but it's it's out already. So it's really kind of say like, hey, you shouldn't be talking about this. Um, but if this was something where Rare knew that this was going to be a problem, then I think that there needed to be, I think there needs to be a hotfix that gets put in. Uh, they can control a lot of stuff. You cannot kill a crew member. So you, there's no friendly fire in Sea of Thieves. Whatever that code is, whatever that switch is, needs to be taken into account when making these types of adventures. If you're going to build a siloed experience where you're putting in multiple crews, then you really need to kind of take a look at some of those things. So I wrote down some uh, stuff on ways that I think this adventure could have been done better. Uh, the first thing that I wanted to talk about is a little more direction with this adventure. And what I mean by that is having more of a helping hand. Um, I think this adventure really could have benefited from a character like Pendragon showing up at each of the lighthouses to help guide you to understanding what the mechanics are of this adventure. It would have been very cinematic to have him show up trying to fight off some of the other uh, phantom, uh, 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 other phantoms there um, who are trying to stop you from controlling the lighthouses uh, to have him call out like, hey, there's a fate of flame over there i need you to get that and light these braziers so you can get up to the top of the the lighthouse and control the beacon that would have been a great little thing to let people know who aren't familiar with these mechanics maybe they haven't gone to do all of the tall tales for a pirate's life and they don't understand how that mechanic works or how the lanterns work there would be a great opportunity to have pendragon show up uh, as a familiar face to let you know what you have to do in that instance now much of it afterwards was actually not too difficult but having little things like that just to kind of nudge people in the right direction would have really helped because the first time that i got in there i didn't know what to do and i had to observe someone else who had worked it out or done it before to be able to move forward with the progress of it and that's when i realized because i wanted to go in blind i didn't want to go in uh, with the understanding of what the deeds were and what i needed to check box off i just wanted to have a pure experience and as I observed Davram working on this, he had taken a look at some of the deeds, but not all of the deeds are very clear on what you have to do. Some of them are a little obscure, which is fine. So, but I do think that 
there definitely needs to be a little more guidance with some of this stuff if they're going to set this up, even if it's a voiceover. But I do like the idea of having Pendragon show up uh, the way he has in multiple other ways to kind of um, be that lending hand. You know, if you go at the very end of Tall Tale 5 for A Pirate's Life, Pendragon is there. He shows up with uh, the, the crew of the Morning Star and uh, the Black Pearl and helps you kind of take out some of the, the ships. He even yells at you, you know, like, we'll take care of these ships. You go take care of that spire uh at the very end you know and and i think that is something that needs to be continued on that little helping hand to let people know like when it's okay to do something when it's time for you to move forward or how you can move forward with the actual event so you're not sitting there scratching your head while you're trying not to die to phantoms or worry about people trying to tdm in the middle of this story adventure the other thing that I wanted to um, talk about, obviously, I kind of mentioned it a little bit ago, was not creating a kill zone. Uh, currently, this is forcing players into this situation in that you opt into this adventure, but not everyone is opting into this adventure to kill each other. A lot of people are opting into this adventure to, I don't know, have an adventure. So it seems crazy to me that something like this uh, is, is being implemented and not thinking of the worst case scenario. And I think that's always the, the, the question there. And, and there's always um, there's a, a phrase that game developers have uh, that is, is uh, it's, it's kind of referenced as the TD, uh, TTD. And if you don't know what that means, then you, you know what it means. I'm not going to dive into it here on the podcast because of the, the rating that I have. But devs should be expecting what the worst case scenario is and then design around that. So that's where I think in this situation, and I think a hotfix could probably fix this adventure and maybe even save it, is they need to remove player damage and knockback, not just player damage, because player damage wouldn't solve all of the problems. You have to remove the knockback, and that comes from blunder bombs um, and cannonballs. I think if you take off the uh, the knockback, then especially with the parkour portion of this adventure, which I will say is not accessible to people who have uh, vision impairments um, or or coordination uh, impairments. Um, It's really only designed for people who have good accessibility. Uh, Then the the portion of that can be disrupted with blunder bombs. If people want to troll each other, they can use blunder bombs to knock people off of those platforms, that parkour section of it. And that's frustrating enough because it's a long fall and a hard way to get back up there. And you're on a time limit. So if they were to go into this adventure, if they were to turn off um, a, a player damage, and, and an easy way to do this is just take all the players that are in the game, whether they're, they're part of your crew or not, and put them under an alliance banner uh, that does not allow you to damage other people. So it wouldn't be a white tag. It wouldn't be a purple tag. Everyone would be a green name. Then you wouldn't be able to harm each other. And you wouldn't be able to knock back each other. And maybe you could get away with this just by disabling throwables. Maybe throwables would be a good way to just, you know, if you if you have throwables, then you can't use them. But you're not going to find them in any of the barrels or any way to actually get them into that little, uh, th- th- that kind of area then you would help try and prevent the issue with the knockback. But removing the knockback, I think, would just be an easy switch. Or maybe it's not an easy switch, but it would be a switch that I would investigate turning on so that you can't have people uh, trying to kill each other or disrupt each other. 
because once you remove that, then people either get bored and they leave or they continue through with the actual adventure because there's only one thing that you can do and that is the actual goal of the adventure. And that's what this is. You were being asked by the Pirate Lord to go and work together to rescue Merrick. They're not telling you, go see if you can help Merrick or the Dark Brother in court. So that brings me to uh, my next kind of idea of how I think this could have been done better. And this is actually thanks to some of the conversations that I had on my Twitter post that actually brought up a really good point in that there is not an alternative story path for this adventure. If you align yourself with the Dark Brethren or if you align yourself with Flameheart, you're being asked to experience this adventure, which is the only way to experience it, through the veil uh, or through the, the eyes of the Pirate Lord's lackeys. And that probably doesn't really uh, hold over too well for people who want to role play as Flameheart's uh, stooges or the Dark Brethren's uh, henchmen. And as such, it really does kind of put a, a, a sour taste in your mouth. It's like, I don't want to be doing this for the Pirate Lord, so I'm going to take it out on the people who do. And that that is allowed in this adventure but it isn't it isn't a path that people can actively take that says hey the people that you're showing up with are not going to be your friends because they're representing the other side there's no way to actually indicate that so i think that there's a place where you could create a small pvp area that offers players to take a side in the story do you want to align yourselves with the Dark Brethren or do you want to help out the Pirate Lord? And you need to have a matchmaking system so that you could have two to three crews making up a max player limit so that you would have a balance of players regardless of ship size. That way everyone that feels comfortable on the ship crew that size that they uh, like can join in as long as there's not an, an exceeded uh, amount for the max player limit. And then having options like this would be a great way to give players a way to experience the story from the perspective without feeling like they're going down a path that doesn't want uh, that, that they don't want to role play as. And I really think that that could be something that they could explore in the future. Um, the other way that I think that this could be done is by making this a single crew adventure. Uh, it's it's hard to say, it's, it's hard to trust that everyone going into this adventure is going to be working towards the same goal or that they will re reach it at the same time. And that's a big problem. It's like you can go in there, have everyone on board with doing the adventure. But if one person's up there and they talk to Merrick, as far as I know, that ends the adventure for everyone. It's kind of a bummer. Um, I don't know necessarily because there's not really an indicator about when you go talk to Merrick, if that triggers it for any other person or if it's just for yourself. And I think that's something that is is a little not it's not conveyed clearly enough. Um, so when you do get up there, if you don't talk to Merrick, you don't know if you're going to screw other people out of this or not. And that's a real shame. It's an earnest shame. It's an earnest issue that I think really should be kind of said like, if you if you're going to do this, this is just going to be for your crew. So don't worry about how this will impact the other crews. They'll get to see it in their own time. Because one thing that I did run into in that problem or in that instance was that I started it up. I don't know if everyone's up there and 
as I started up, it queues up all of the voice dialogue. Now, I don't know if everyone is hearing the same thing I am hearing. They could be hearing it from their perspective. They could be hearing a different thing, but I can't tell because the game doesn't let me know how that works. So when people start talking in game, if I don't have other crews muted, which I shouldn't because I want them to work with me on this kind of thing and I want to communicate with them, it's a good way to try and build trust, uh, then I am constantly having to hear other people talk over the the plot, the dialogue, the information that's being tried or that is trying to be conveyed by the NPC. And that really destroys the entire uh, uh, kind of atmosphere of it. You know, you're taking out, you're being taken out of the experience because other people don't know that they're interrupting NPCs that they may not have talking on their aspect or their side of it. So it's really tough to know. Um, and I think having an NPC to help you if you're a solo crew in this instance uh, would be a great way to kind of finish off this tall tale the same way that they did with tall tale five of pirate's life if you go do uh, a tall tale pirate's life uh, the fifth one jack will show up jack sparrow shows up and it actually help you shoot some of the ships as you're sailing around take down some of the giant mermaid statues if you're playing solo and that's a perfect way to not only bring in npcs to help you combat some of the uh the the things that are going on in the game but also make sure that if you're alone that you can still complete it alone and it opens it up to people who don't like to socialize or aren't comfortable socializing or maybe there's uh kids that need more help that that want to jump in you know little teenagers that haven't quite figured out how to play games or they're not quite comfortable i, I say that knowing full well that most kids are could trump me in just about every game but it offers an opportunity for people who are solo or like to solo or want to even just record this for uh content creation without having other people talking over the dialogue uh so it completely destroys the video that you wanted to make would be a great experience a great way to do that because it's it's at least something that you can accomplish alone it's also possible to have it come in into the adventure after it's uh, started. So this is another one of those instances where if you did this as a solo crew, then you would start off the adventure on your own. You wouldn't be coming into the middle of it after someone's left and you wouldn't be missing out on the full experience. Because even if you uh, get in and you finish talking to Merrick and, and the Pirate Lord, there's a good chance that you may be coming in halfway through the actual adventure, at which point you don't get all of the deeds done, which means you just have to start it over again. And at that point, you may have a worse experience than you did in half of the adventure that you just got done, where you did actually get to complete it, and you can't get the last uh, quests or, or deeds done in this adventure because every other cruise or every other uh, instance after this is filled with crews who just want to disrupt the experience. And that really takes it away. And I'm reading a tweet here. This is actually from Trihead Monkey, um, one of the old old community members in, in Sea of Thieves, who had to go through this 11 times just to try and get this done. 11 times. That's 30 minutes a piece. That's at least five hours worth of time that he's dedicated to trying to get this adventure done in a time-limited adventure. And not everyone is going to have time to be able to do that. And that's it's it's great that the adventure only takes 30 minutes, but it's terrible that it can be disrupted so easily by other players that you're still, even, even at a 30-minute thing, if you have to do it 11 times at 30 minutes a piece, you're still looking at a lot of time investment to try and get one adventure done. So 
those were some of the, the things that I think could have made this adventure great. And I think some of those can still actually be implemented. Some of those things can still be uh, hot fixed so that you can actually make it quicker. Like obviously you can't program in uh, NPCs to be able to help you out. That's That ship has already sailed. Uh, you can't offer a different story pass. That ship has already sailed. And you can't really make it single crew. You could possibly. It depends. It's, it's It would be hard. But without the other two aspects of uh, the, the options that I posted or talked about, then it would make it really difficult to be a single crew and get it done in the time frame. But the one thing that you can do, or at least I think you can do, is being able to turn off damage if uh, to damage to any crews. If you could do that, and you and you remove the ability to give players the power to uh, disrupt gameplay, and you remove knockback or, or at least throwables from people being able to disrupt you from uh, getting where you want to get, then at least you have a stronger chance of completion, even if people are just like, and, and this is one of the troubles too, is that if people want to be disruptive, say you want to move one of the beacons, they can get on the beacon and you don't have a way to get them off. You can't use blender bombs, so that can kills that as well too but there's not really always a good um way to to prevent people from being able to uh get access to some of the mechanics that you would need to get access to to be able to continue through this if people wanted to delay other people it would be easy if you were the only person trying to push a capstan up for other people to grab one of the one of the other capstan pegs and pull backwards to lower the capstan to prevent you from finishing being able to raise it or they could drop it if they really wanted to as well too so there are definitely a lot of things that people could do to continue griefing others who are trying to get this adventure done and I think if you at least turn off damage uh, to other players and knockbacks, then there's a better opportunity that you would be able to um, see if this would work out or not. See if, if that would prevent others from uh, disrupting the, the amount of fun people are having when it comes to uh, playing through this, this time-limited adventure. One of the things that I did want to touch on is the actual rewards for this. Uh, just by completing the adventure, you actually get 5,000 gold, which is a nice little thing for time. Uh, and you get a memento once you complete all of the deeds uh, that is actually a portrait of Merrick. And I really liked that. I really thought that it was really kind of cool to get uh, one of those pictures uh, of, of like one of the characters from Sea of Thieves. And this actually calls back to um, the loading screen. One of the things that had been missing uh, in the game was this this portrait of Merrick that we had seen. I'd seen pretty much everything else in the game uh, outside of foxes and this portrait. And it was cool to see that this was the the actual reward so that if you've been on a captain ship for a while, uh, you may not have some of the really cool paint, uh, paintings or portraits uh, that are available through the milestones. And this is kind of a nice way to kind of spruce up your captain ship uh, right off the bat. And and I'm glad that they added some of these uh, some of these rewards as like different trinkets to really kind of showcase um, the different. Uh, the different things in in the captaincy update. Um, I still really feel like I want myself to get like some portraits that are magically enhanced that are kind of like the portraits in Harry Potter series. Um, 
ones that talk to you that come to life and this could be something that is is like an interactable like if you interact with the actual portrait it comes to life and Merrick talks to you and it could be just you know very simple basic dialogue that he has like on repeat you know three or four lines uh, but just something like that would be really fun especially given that you can trap souls within paintings uh, of, of Pendragon his soul was trapped in the painting um, and he was able to be freed via Stitcher Jim and I think that it would be really kind of fun to have some stuff like that especially if Merrick is going to uh, continue to be dead um, then it would be kind of interesting to see like how that would work if you could actually put the uh the painting up and then interact with it and he says like a fun line i think it would even be better if there was like a um and this would be kind of a tactical advantage but obviously if he's like hey who's that guy he doesn't look like part of your crew make sure he's not trying to tuck on board your ship you know something like that would be really kind of uh fun but i see like why that would be a a tactical advantage and people would, would feel upset if they didn't get this uh, memento but then it started telling people like when you were trying to get on on board your ship it could be very easily something one of those like, hey, come over here. I've got something to tell you uh, situations, which is why I think you would want to have it be like on an interact as opposed to just a proximity trigger uh, in the game. But I love the idea of, of a like a portrait that actually comes to life. And I think this was definitely one of the, the best mementos that we've gotten uh, from the different adventures. It's the one that I probably will end up using the most. So if you're not completely satisfied with everything that I've talked about in this episode pertaining to the adventure, there is still even more news that you can actually jump into if you want. Uh, written by Chris Brawler Alcock, the writer of Heart of Fire, which is uh, already out in the UK as of the 16th and coming out on the 23rd in North America. Uh, he has written up a beautiful kind of summary of the event um, for people to dive into. Uh, this is over at seeathese.com for slash news forward slash a dash hunters cry and you can read through and actually get a bit of information a bit of background on the dark brethren court themselves at least the three current members that are there uh, it also talks about kind of the the uh, base that they're at right now and what they're trying to do uh, how they were able to get to the Sea of the Damned, um, which I've kind of talked about already with the the Gold Hoarder Skull and Trident. Uh, and then it talks about the, uh, the escape, the adventure itself at the very end here. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting is the last couple paragraphs of this article, because it really does speak to what I think was the if the initial goal of this adventure. So I wanted to read uh, Chris's words here. So Though a few grudge-bearing reapers might consider all this to be Merrick's just desserts in reference to him being captured by the Dark Brethren to be, uh, to have, um, uh, actually, you know what, let's just go with the whole thing. I'll just go with the whole thing in this case. Uh, a Merrick fullless uh, ex escape. Bell is certain Merrick's, uh, Merrick knows something that can further the Brethren's ambitions, and the race will soon begin to rescue him before Warsmith and her cohorts can coerce the hapless hunter into spilling the beans. Having already orchestrated Merrick's demise once, there's no telling what else she might be, be capable of doing. Though a few grudge-bearing reapers might consider all of this to be Merrick's just deserts in the wake of the Lost Sands adventure, all pirates will get their chance to set sail for the Sea of the Damned, assail the Twisted Sea Dog Tavern, and work alongside other crews to save him before it's too late. 
Those who know Merrick of old have almost completed their preparations. The mission to sail into hostile waters in an epic finale to this trilogy of adventures is about to begin. Will pirate courage and tenacity see Merrick freed from the clutches of the Dark Brethren and ferried safely back to his sea post? Find out for yourself when Hunter's Cry launches on August 18th with your window of heroic opportunity lasting until September 1st. Just don't forget the cannonballs. So really great write up there and really does speak to what the intent of this was. And unfortunately, the implementation did not take into account how uh, bad players can be. And the trouble, I think, falls in line is that this is a, a big game. Uh, a lot of people play this game that are not part of the community. And I think a lot of the people that are in the community and uh, uh, share share time with each other love to be able to uh, work together to to kind of venture out into the rest of the world and discover some of the history lore uh, push forward the story and and find out more about the the actual characters are invested in that whereas a large portion of the community that does play this game are not part of the uh, the community that or, or I would say the player base not the community there's a large portion of the player base that are not in tune with the rest of the community they don't follow the pirate code they go and do whatever's fun because it's a video game and they're they're just trying to have fun or at least what they consider fun so it's very interesting to kind of look at the the game from these different perspectives and see how people choose to play versus how people choose to engage uh with the actual content um and i think this is is something that we really need to take into account in future adventures they really need to take a look and see if they can take a, at the worst worst case scenario and plan for that so that you don't run into instances like this where you're creating um, an arena essentially without players opting in to uh, go into the PvP. Like there's, there's nothing that says that players uh, will have to, like there's no warning basically saying like you may have to deal with other crews. It's like you're going to have to come up against the other brethren members in the phantoms that have sworn allegiance so that they can get their free freedom from the sea of the damned there's nothing that says hey you might have to deal with toxic crew members like really toxic crew members unfortunately so i'm i'm hoping that the the future of sea of thieves is something that uh we can have adventures where players can experience the story regardless of uh how you play in the adventure and that's fine if you want to have uh, uh an opportunity to go out and sink people and just constantly go hunting for other crews that's totally fine i am 100 percent behind that as long as the intent is, is that you're uh trying to steal loot or supplies and you end up sinking them like the for me it really does come down to you have to sink them you you cannot just constantly camp them on their ship uh, because that that right there kind of crosses the 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 border for me personally. Everyone has a different line. Everyone's willing to to have the line pushed a little bit different in one way or the other uh, for them to consider what's uh, for them to 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 have considered what happens to them or what they do to other people is considered toxic, right? That's it's a gray area that rare needs to really define better. Um, so I'm hoping that with this adventure, kind of 
already out already out there for people to experience and the experience shown that they can take a good uh, a good lesson from the feedback of the community and say hey we like this except for the people that try to ruin it for us and we can't control them and you can control them so let's try and build the future adventures in a way that prevents them from being able to disrupt the uh, the, the intent of the actual adventure All right, pirates, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, again, sorry for the spoilers in the uh, in the beginning. And hopefully you guys are listening to this after you've already had an opportunity to uh, jump into the adventure and experience. I hope the experience that you had was good uh, with the book coming out next week. I will be talking about that when I get a chance to actually finish it. I will be doing a full spoiler coverage of that when I'm done reading so I can talk about the lore and the history behind Flameheart. I know I have not completed the uh, full spoiler review of uh, Athena's fortune and Lorena's story is good, but it's pretty straightforward where she basically makes it to the Sea of Thieves, finds a crew, sinks a couple other crews, makes her way to uh, the Shores of Gold and discovers the Gold Hoarder before we even knew what the Gold Hoarder was. So um, if that could be a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a coverage, then maybe that'll cover it. But um, I do plan on talking about Heart of Fire. I'm very interested to read it i'm very interested to see how it turns out i will not get my copy until tuesday which is is painful but i will be reading it throughout the week so that i can hopefully have something to talk about um, in the coming week but next week is actually going to be the gold hoarder episode it is the last saturday it is the last monday of the month which means that the saturday saturday prior is going to be when we're recording for all gold hoarders uh, if you're in the captain tier you were inter you're brought into the uh, Discord server. We have our recordings. Uh, there's an event that, that you can sign up for. I think there's uh, like 10 or 11 people that are going to be able to make it. So we're going to see how that goes. We're going to see if everyone has an opportunity to really uh, chime in with their feelings on captaincy. Uh, I would love to hear some feedback on that, um, some of the names that they have for their ships, and, and how they like the milestones, how they, they don't like the milestones, things like that. I'd like to get some thoughts and opinions on that. Uh, I can kind of guess what people think about the adventure. So I don't know that we want to dive too much into that, but if they want to talk about that, that is definitely their option because that's the episode for the community. So if you want to join up and get into those uh, episodes, you can as well too. Uh, they are just for the patrons because they're the ones that are supporting me. They're the ones that are putting in their effort to make sure that this content is made for you uh, as you listen through this. So Pirates, I think that's going to do it. If you want to get a hold of me, there's plenty of ways to do so. Head over to Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G un send in an email at uh caplogan at gmail.com uh you can also i'm trying to think if there's anything else you can also support the podcast through patreon or just sharing this the post that you found this on or liking and subscribing the youtube version uh if you like watching on youtube feel free to leave me a comment down there i've been reading through the comments folks have had some really interesting things to say uh on some of the latest episodes so really glad to see that uh appreciate that interaction it's nice to hear from you all and I think that's it. There's the Xbox wrap up. If you want to get some more news uh, for stuff that's going on in the games industry that doesn't pertain to uh, Sea of Thieves in particular, it's basically where I go to talk about everything else uh, that's not Sea of Thieves. And with that, I think that's going to do it. So pirates, thank you. I love you and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.
You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey there, my name is Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of the DL Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. Hey, Guardians. We are the Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of Destiny. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will see you starside.